This is Advanced Fashion Disruption Season 2. Benson Roberts III and Megan Somerville wrap up last week's discussion about market. Uh, yeah, show, show up with a with a huge dolly full of crates. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. You need, you need to take those over to Cartage and pay to have them brought in for you. <laughs> suitcases? Good to see you, Mr. Benson. How many suitcases this time? 80? All right, we'll leave you a space. They had no they had no problem with it because I was I was not afraid to pay for what I what I needed. Mm-hmm. I was not afraid to tip. I always even if they're not doing cartage, I tip them. The men that met me at the door with carts, mm-hmm. I tipped them and they were always happy to see me. I pre-tip. When I go in to market, I pre-tip the maid the first day. Here's a hundred dollars. I need you to get rid of all of the sofas, two of the beds, and I need you to bring me straight back chairs and desks. I totally hate tipping after service. It's not my favorite. I, yeah, for no, sure. Pre, well, well, we we buy their loyalty and their compliance from the get go. We tip them beautifully when we're done, but we do set up because very often when you're at market, people are pawing through your stuff and things can rip, break. I also sometimes, if I'm at market, I'm probably someplace where they have a lot of cool fabric mm-hmm. in New York, especially or L.A. I'm probably buying stuff and maybe at night. I want to whip out a couple new uh, fabrics that are more current than the ones that I have in my collection to sell. So there are lots of reasons. We set up a command center. Um, when when we took uh, uh, the White Star Group to market, they, they definitely all thought that they were just on vacation. I set them up uh, with some cocktail parties with some of the major, 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 major players in our industry, major, mm-hmm. at the top of the heap, major buyers. Um, publicists, marketers, and they went to see Cirque du Soleil instead. I'm like, okay. Uh, one of one of them, a woman who, who absolutely hates me, she ended up owning, opening up her own fabric store probably just to piss me off, never set foot in the booth ever. They went and looked at everything else, and I'm like, you really need to hire two kids and walk them around the entire complex in your clothes. Carry them if you have to. You've got to do something to get them up here. That's not, we, we didn't say we would do that. Yeah, you can't just go and party in Vegas and expect people just to come to your booth. It's not like, it's not like building a baseball field for ghosts. Oh, no, no, they, they were out. They All of them, we had a crew of, I don't know, 10 people. Mark and I were up every fucking day at 5 a.m. I was off to Kinko's to, to get, we changed some verbiage. Um, I was off to get new displays. I was off to have breakfast meetings with people. Um, I was off to meet peers. I was off to gamble and win $10,000. Um, we were up early every day at 5 a.m. We were at, the market starts every day at 10, but they open the doors for the um, exhibitors at 7. We were in the building at 7.05 every fucking day ready for the day and the rest of the crew might trail in by noon. And then they wondered why they didn't do well. Yeah. You have to give it more energy. And one of them holds me, holds me personally responsible. And I'm like, bitch, please, Mm. bitch, please. You, you didn't do any of what I told you you needed to do. Had you, you would have also her stuff was not ready for retail sales. She priced them according to how much they were costing her to have samples made and um, she was basically paying dressmakers to make her stuff. Oof, ouch. All of her stuff, if she charged half, and and what was crazy is she was on the sourcing floor with multiple cut-and-sew houses from L.A. 
She could have sourced. She it. could have made. She could have sourced a deal to have this stuff made for a quarter of the price that White Star was charging her. Wow. And I told her as much. I'm like, find somebody that can do scale up. You need to scale up. You need to offer lower prices. No one, no one wants to pay three hundred dollars for a kids' coat. I mean, there may be buyers that do. I can think of some stores around the country where a six hundred, nine hundred dollar kids' coat would not even phase them. But that's not a nine hundred dollar kids' coat. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and this isn't the it's, right market if you're going to be pricing at that. So you should know your market right. too. Also, <laughs> right, you should know your market. I, I, I mean, there are there are high end boutique shows that that mm -hmm. she might have considered doing. And in the end, I thought, well, you've got to walk market though. You've got to participate. You've got to walk. Hopefully, you've learned a lot. Right. If you haven't, then why did you even come? Why did you participate? Why? Well, it was for the floor shows. <laughs> for 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 the floor shows and the drinking and the party, I guess. Oh, um, I didn't. Do and trust that. me, Mark and I drank and party too, because that's a lot. A lot of business gets done at those those industry parties. Uh, we might get home at two, but we were still back up at five. Trust me. Mm -hmm. We've been on tour for years, selling calendars. We were used to no sleep, and we knew that when we go to market, um, it's going to be an intense four days or five days. And the lovely thing also about the sourcing floor, the sourcing floor opens a day earlier than the rest of the entire market. You get an extra day for the same price. Yeah. And many people are in and they will come to the sourcing floor just because it's open and they're bored. Well, and what I loved about last days of markets and what you were talking about were floor samples um, were that uh, from a designer perspective, I was able to afford things that I saw other vendors, you know, selling their little hearts out and like, oh, that is a really cool idea. I really do like that. I want that. <laughs> and so, you know, the cash and carry aspect was, um, you know, was really kind of fun part. We, I, and what you're, what you're, what you're not saying is you made mercy buys because you could see people didn't sell enough. And we've done that when we were selling our calendars we, and art, we did that. Um, when I'm someplace vending clothing, it may not be a major market. It might be some sort of an event where I'm a vendor. Um, we always make our money. We always make some money because we know what we're doing. We have a great setup. It hasn't always been the case. The first time I vended, not at market, but just vended at an event, I got my ass handed to me. Thank God in the end, I sold three dresses that paid for everything and got a contact in LA that we followed up on that week and sold a fortune there. But I, I took notes in that first market. I saw what was working and what wasn't. So when we make money, if I see other people who have great products that are not selling, I make certain that we at least pay their booth fees for them out of our profits. Yeah. And I think that that's just a decent human thing to do. And it's good karma and it's good um, reciprocity. The universe loves reciprocity. When I, when I dole out money and end up a little more empty-handed, inadvertently my hands are going to be refilled with something bigger and better anyway. And, and that's sort of one of the laws of, of the universe that people don't pay enough attention to. Mm -hmm. Remember, folks, basic physics, nature hates a vacuum. Your hands cannot be filled with diamonds if it's already filled with cheap rhinestones. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, it's I, and I still want to, you know, I still want to get you to market, Megan. I, I think that uh, one day you'll have to come to market with us and make your fortune. Um, well, and I think I definitely yeah. learned some really, really hard lessons um, in my first market experiences that I would not make again. And um, it would be a completely different experience 
than before for me. And so it's not something that I'm not open to, but it, I um, say yes. Yeah, no, you, you, were, you were ready to go to market with us a few years ago <laughs> yeah. when, when one of our Project Runway stars pulled at the last minute and it just wasn't going to be viable mm -hmm. because they had built an entire presentation for us based on that person being there with us. So we pulled it because suddenly it went from being six to being three and it wasn't feasible anymore. Yeah. Um, but um, I have a question for you yeah. and it's a very relevant question. When you did the Dallas market, mm -hmm. was it before or after 9-11? Oh, definitely after 9-11. Yeah, see, after 9-11, that became a very inhospitable, difficult market to shop at. Before 9-11, you showed up, you you signed in and you got an elevator. After 9-11, the security precautions, you had to be a verified buyer. They had to vet you. It cut the traffic flow um, probably by 65%. Yeah. So suddenly you you don't have people, you know, showing up because they heard market was on and, and, and there's some crazy rich oil broad that's going to come in and spend $10,000 without hesitating, they, they really hurt the market that way. And eventually it ended up being more like a, more like a, a, a swap meet. The last time I was there, I felt like I was at a swap meet. I couldn't, there were more carpets for sale than clothes. Yeah, definitely Dishes and felt that way. Like I, I told people when they would ask me about you know, the Dallas market and I was like, it's like the biggest, you know, I'll do it in my Texas voice. It was like the biggest mall I've ever seen, but with no teenagers. And, <laughs> and so, you know, each uh, um, <coughs> shop was set up like a vignette, like a store about, you know, this is what their products would look like if they were displayed in your store. And um, I don't know, it was just, it was weird experience because um, the people with permanent floors within my discipline were not receptive to a new bra designer. They... Uh, there was no amount of convincing anybody that they wanted to take my product line on. Um, and so it was. And, and that's, yeah. that's a, I'm going to jump in because that's a whole nother level of the Dallas market. Yeah. There's a very um, set in stone fashion hierarchy there. And unless you've played with Dallas Fort Worth long enough to have entered that hierarchy, you're fucked. Yeah. They're just not going to buy you. I mean, they're not, you could have the best stuff there at the best prices, the best made. And if you're not part of that hierarchy click in Dallas, Fort Worth, no one will touch you. That's a sad fact, but it is a fact. And that's a fact you should know if you're thinking about going to Dallas, Fort Worth. And still a viable market. Right. But like to but, even be more pointed, da I could not get a sales rep at Dallas market. They were more than happy to take my money to put me on the miscellaneous floor where I had no business being, but they were okay with um, me designing a garment after winning Texas next top designer. They had um, gifted me a bolt of red silk and I had made um, a look for them. I guess they were highlighting red at that point in time, um, cause that's in their logo. And I created a look for them that they kept on display for the entire month of one of the, um, small boutique markets. And so even being a person that is asked to design something for a large market like this and compensated in the form of silk, which is fine. Great. Super. Um, 
still can't get FaceTime with the actual buyers that would come and visit these showrooms. And so it's, it, I think maybe we should um, save that for an episode about showroom hierarchy. Hmm. Write it down. Yeah. And also about showrooms. Yeah. You know what? Uh, if you can't afford to get to market, baby, get yourself in a showroom. Instead of paying to do a, a fashion show and being pimped out by a party pimper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> pimp planner. Event pimp. Um, event pimps, yeah. Instead of uh, instead of shelling out your money to your event pimp, um, rent space during the boutique show or during the fashion week um, in a showroom. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's going to end up being in L.A., uh, Miami, Atlanta, Las Vegas, or New York, yep. because those are real where real apparel uh, culture live. Uh, you probably don't have it in your local small town, which should be another indicator to you that you shouldn't be showing in your small hometown if it doesn't have an apparel culture and a, a an infrastructure in which buyers can come and buy things for their stores. And sadly, um, you know, you know when I when I sold to stores in Austin. It wasn't ever through any of the fashion events I did. It was always cold calls. Yeah. Always cold calls. Yeah. It's... We sold, what was the name of that sleazy? Um, well, let's not say that because I just said sleazy, but there was an awesome sleazy lingerie chain and they loved my sheer dresses. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I will make you anything in a sheer dress and I won't cover up anything. So you've got all these beautiful evening gown cuts and a sheer power mesh. Boy, they ate them up. Yep. Well, I mean, and that's I did that super I had fun. To pay the rent. Yeah, super fun. And I, you know, I needed to pay the rent. So I just got my little thinking cap on and I'm like, well, I've never hit up the lingerie store. And I think that these cuts, these beautiful cuts from Arsenic and Black Lace and just a sheer power mesh with no augmentation so that they're just a sexy colored silhouette on a body is something they would probably eat up. Oh, they, they did actually have me sew some horribly cheap marabou to some of them. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Which which pained me because it was they supplied the marabou. I'm like I could have done so much better for you, but I also got that that would raise the price point above what what their client base wanted. They knew their market. I knew my market. You want a dress that covers you from your throat to your toes, but you want to be able to see the good bits too. I gotcha. Well, they probably got those marabou boas as like a giveaway for whatever market they were at. <laughs> so... right, right, right. Well, you know, and it's. I honestly think that they had gone to Michael's. Honestly, yeah. uh, I'm like we we could have we could have gotten you a better price with a slightly nicer marabou. But I, yes, ma'am, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. I will be glad to put those around the collar and the cuffs. Yeah. Absolutely. You want a zipper? How many zippers do you want? You want me to make this a stripper dress? Mm-hmm. I can put zippers all over so this woman can just unzip and be naked in 20 seconds. That's, yeah. Um. So you know you you you've got to know how to sell. Uh, when I was in Vegas, working in Vegas. Uh, not at market, just working in Vegas. I made a small fortune selling to showgirls. Mm-hmm. Because they don't All want to the be in the mothers same loved, thing, you know? The den mothers love me. The showgirls are ripe with thousands of dollars. I would come in with a rack. They would let me in because they knew I was a big poofter. Little did they know. I'm a bisexual man. Uh, but I would be the biggest queen there, and I would do hair, makeup, give accessories, and just sell things off the rack. I could walk out with $30,000 in a night. Maybe I should go to Vegas. There are parts about Vegas that I miss, but I don't miss the smoky hotel rooms. 
<laughs> well, you know, there are plenty of places now in Vegas that are no smoking at all. Mm-hmm. No smoking in the casino, no smoking in the hotel rooms. They're, they have they have evolved with the country's desire not to be smoked out. I personally uh, smoke. Mm-hmm. I like a smoking casino because I don't want to have to stop when I'm on a streak and go have a cigarette. Uh, I do not like a smoky hotel room. I always demand a non-smoking room. And if I walk into my room smells like smoke, I'm done. Give me another room. And I'm a smoker. Well, and like reveal time. I've been to Vegas a couple times, but I have never gambled. (laughs) Well, honey, you're going to have to come and hang out with Auntie Benson. (laughs) And I don't, and to clarify, I don't gamble. I win. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) When Mark and I would be on our way out to LA to make a fabric by for textiles back in Austin, we would stop at the Morongo uh, gas station because it's a native gas station a dollar fifty cheaper than it was going to be in the city, and we would fill the fuck up, and hope that that gas lasted us till we could get back to Morongo, because we could drive from Morongo to Arizona where gas was cheaper. Mm-hmm. Gas is always two dollars more due to state taxes, uh, and uh, the gas station because it's also the Morongo Casino. The gas station had slot machines, and Mark would say, "Go win us some gas money." I would take twenty bucks in, and one time I came out with twenty four hundred. Amazing. Paid for the entire trip. We stayed in a better hotel than we would have normally stayed in. We went from Motel 6 to the Pagoda Motel right in Chinatown, which I love. Had the best sex of my life there. And not with Mark. Well, and I have I have spent very little time in um, California. Uh, I've only been to um, San Diego. and oh, I just have to take a road trip. Well, and I think it'd be fun to be able to really connect with some other um, textile people and interview them. I mean, well, I have no, you know what, let's make a plan because if I come to call, if I fly into Colorado and we rent ourselves a nice big van, we have to drive through Las Vegas to get to Los Angeles. Anyway, we can go do a weekend in Las Vegas. um, And then we can go and do a sourcing five days in, um, in LA and then have you back on the ninth day. That would be really, really fun. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. It would be so fun. And you could bring the girls. It's true. Like, they're starting to do what I would consider mixed media um, type of art where they're drawing faces, but then they're sewing uh, fabric scraps um, to the paper. I love that. It is just uh, yeah. like it's blowing and, and my really, mind. <laughs> really, really how we should do that is we should have Ty fly the girls in for our last three days in LA and have them in LA for three days. They don't need to be in Vegas. No, they would be like, we want to do not this. <laughs> not anything. Well, also, you know, most of Vegas happens at night and you need to have Megan time and not mom time. Um, so that's something we could work out. It's, well, and I have one. Kid. Or Ty, you know, Ty could come on in. I mean, Ty, I don't know if Ty's ever spent time in LA, but I, he would love to see like La Brea. He would love to see the art museums. Um, there's a muse, there's a map museum out there. That's even if for a person who's not a cartographer is amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of the maps they have in there. I mean, LA is a, is just a very culturally rich place beyond the plastic Hollywood People who say, oh, L.A. is so plastic. I'm like, you never got off of uh, Hollywood Boulevard, did you? Well, That's unfortunate. Isn't that where a whole Mark, old city there. Isn't that where Marcus Harper is now, too? Isn't he in L.A.? I love Marcus. Bless his heart. I would love to I think about like, him. sit his, down with him again. 
yeah, well, we, you know what? We could sit down and interview Marcus. Oh, God. And then Marcus could interview us. We could have a, like a, oh, my God, it'd be like an orgy interview. I would love that. <laughs> it would be amazing. I would love to, you know, really pick his brain because um, I know he's going back to school, too. Um, oh. All of this while running um, editor um, of the fashion um, section of the paper there. And so... I mean, are we are we are we name dropping again? We, well, oh, well, we might be, oh, but well. you know, like he has seen <laughs> some really, really um, influential things, and he's also seen the good side and the dirty side of fashion too. And so, oh, like, he has absolutely. Marcus wrote about textiles and um, an amazing article. It was a brilliant article that basically made us fashion fashion messiahs. He literally, one of his closing lines is, this store has the potential to change the fashion scene in Austin. Yeah. And so we immediately became a must-go-see. Yeah. I remember the day after my friend April called me um, just after midnight, and she said, have you seen? I'm like, seen what? She's like, they, they printed the article. Uh, shout out, April. And um, so I went and looked at like 12.05, and it was a great article. And the next morning I got up, and at that time we were insane. And I didn't know when people wanted to shop for fabrics, so we were open seven days a week, 10 till 10, 12 hours a day. And, but, you know, yep. people weren't really showing up till 11 or 12, so we were already getting the feeling we should bump the hours. Um, and it was like, you know, generally we had the store open some days before 10, some days at 10, some days at 10.30 because we were exhausted from working all night steaming new fabric. And uh, Mark had just left to go to Quebec with his mom for a vacation in August for his birthday. And it was like, it was like 10.02 and I thought, oh, I should probably get the store open because people might come early due to that article. When I went and flipped, uh, took the, the covering off because I was sleeping in the store. When I took the covering off the window to flip the sign, I had 13 people outside. Oh my gosh. And me, and, and me by myself. And that was, that was the beginning for us. And mm -hmm. um, we owe Marcus a great debt of gratitude for that. So uh, Marcus Harper, if you're bothering to listen to our little silly podcast, uh, we'd like to take you to dinner when we get to L.A., which will happen within the next six months. That's my prediction. Well, and I definitely am really inspired by textiles and textures um, and that um, would really be something that I would enjoy. I know it would be oh, overload for me, but I would really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember for, for multiple, for eight years, I was at market at least once a month. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes two or three times a month. Man, we had some months that we sold so much stuff that we, we had to turn right around and go back and get more, um, which was not a problem, trust me. But I haven't been to market since just before I left Smithville. Mm -hmm. So it's been almost three years and I am aching to see what's new. Like, like I start to make things and I'm like, God, why would I, I, I need to see what's new. Why am I holding on to this fabric? It's great fabric. It's totally classic, but I want to see what's new. Yeah. I, and, and I definitely like um, when I turn the camera on, you see all the fabric behind me and it's in these oh, nice, yeah. neat, colorful piles. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to touch that one anymore. <laughs> yeah well you get you get you get tired of your fabric you do uh, although, although i will tell you i have winnowed down to just the things that i love that still inspire me and i i've had pieces of fabric for 
20 years. Still not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I keep it because the day is going to come when that is the only fabric that's going to work for a project. Um, yeah. And the fabric alone inspires me. I, I, you know, Mark used to say, a lot of people come in and buy fabric and say, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'll take 10 yards. I said, Mark, they took home 10 yards of possibility. There are a million things they can do with that 10 yards. And so they bought themselves a million pieces of inspiration. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why I do it. But, you know, I do it and I'm, I, I'm a little, a little large. So I'll go and buy. Uh, I found this crazy butterfly crepe knit once and like off red and mulberry and um, cornflower blue, big butterflies, nothing, nothing that looked like anything I'd ever done before. (laughs) But I went back to this goddamn bolt of fabric like 10 times. And I said, how much of this do you have? They said 5,000 yards. I said, how much for all of it? And he gave me an amazing price. I got 5,000 yards at 50 cents a yard, $2,500. And um, it sat in the garage for about a year. And then I woke up one morning and knew what to make out of it. And I made butterfly party dresses and sold every goddamn scrap of it and was sad that I couldn't get more. And this is before I was intelligent enough to know that I should save a full um, a full run of it, a full uh, repeat of it, because then I can take it and have it redone. Yep. Yeah. But that that was that was when it occurred to me to say so now I have these boxes that are just the last yard of a thing, the last full yard repeat of a trim, uh, the last full yard of a dye job, and I keep those in my archives so I can have them remade, and that's the point you all want to get to. I don't just have to go find what's out there. If I want something specific, I can now have it made. Well, those dragon scales on those those pearl dragon scale pieces from Naha, that was fabric that I own a. I own a uh, patent on it. It is a rubber fabric on a stretch knit that can stretch and return and not crack. I spent probably $30,000 developing that because I, I had all of my insurance money and nothing to do with it. So I spent it developing fabric. Everyone wants to get to that point. Now your imagination, now when you've fallen in love with some idea in your head, you can actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. But I still love going and just seeing what's new. Yeah, going to pet. I, I can't imagine. Like, I, like, here's the one thing that has kept me from just selling a dog or a kidney and flying out there to, to satisfy this itch. I know that during the pandemic, a lot of our industry slowed down, too. So I haven't really missed that much. Yeah. But it's to the point where all the new stuff will actually be out. And it's, it's time. Mm-hmm. How much is a flight to, to L.A. from Denver? I don't know, but we're we have a really good hub here, um, and so flights are yeah, generally you, reasonable, really reasonable. Detroit, uh, I can get nonstop from DTW to LAX for like two hundred bucks, because they're both hubs. Yeah. Um, and if I if I'm willing to stop in Phoenix on the way, I can get it even cheaper sometimes. We should we should really, I love the idea of the long car trip, but we should really just plan a three day weekend, and and by weekend I mean like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, or or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's good to be there. A lot of the Jews close on Saturday, mm-hmm. and a lot of this, a lot of the Persians are actually Jewish and not Muslim or Christian. So Saturday is a great day. Friday and Saturday are great days because if they haven't made their week, things get really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So I shop, and they all know now. They don't try to sell me anything. When I first show up in the market, no one tries to sell me until they've seen me three times. Because on that third day, we go through and scoop. Yeah, I shop the entire market. 
bring some shoes. Well, yeah, comfy shoes, inserts. Oh, I can't. I just need to get a video camera just to just to videotape you. You've never been to the fabric market in LA. No, and like, um, oh my god, you know how oh I god, geek so out sad. when I'm when I'm overstimulated, and, and sometime you're gonna have to come here for the Gem and Mineral show because oh, I, yeah. shout That's out Denver Gem and Mineral show. <laughs> shout out Denver Gem and Mineral show. Uh, yeah, no, there's there's also a crazy good one in Quartzsite, Arizona, twice a year. Yeah, so um, similar vendors I, go to that one too. Yes. Yeah, I think that I think that they get this stuff in Arizona and take it to Denver for their show. The one here yeah, is stuff. huge. Like you can sit inside of a geode. Like Oh, stop. Yeah, it's no. just do they, do, do they sell beaded crystals at all? Oh, crystal yes. Beads? Oh, yes. So oh. like per, like a oh, string I'm of in trouble. um like cultured pearls are really reasonable really really reasonable and every kind I buy of my pearls by the pound so i get them really super cheap but yeah I, I i don't always get to choose exactly what i want so being able to grab strands of cultured pearls would be awesome like in multiple colors then different gemstones that <sighs> yes. are drilled yes. Stop. stuff starting oh. at like a dollar a strand to kind of give you an oh. idea no, no, no. Okay. Well, you know, then maybe that happens. It's in August. I'll have to fly it's out. And, and it's just coming up. Maybe I'll have to fly out and do that show if I'm not homeless. Uh, and then we'll hop a flight from Denver to LA. I really want to see you set free in the fabric district. I think just dropping you off on 9th Street, I would hit you. It would take you two hours to get over the fabric gasms. We'd have to bring you clean panties. <laughs> and then I could show you the actual market. <laughs> Yep, yep. We'll just get a couple of bolts of fabric. And and I have friends that, that are in cotton soles all over the market. So we could actually make you several pairs of ultra absorbent panties. I love it. <laughs> this old lady loves it. <laughs> Honey, this has been a great episode. I hope people learn something. And as has become our um our habitual clothing, I'm going to remind everyone to please check out Jen Sidderies. Shout out Jen. Sidderies angelprofashion.com a place where you can go and support Ukrainian fashion designers and accessory designers while their country is under siege by a madman in Russia. Mm-hmm. And uh, be sure to check out our website, uh, advancedfashiondisruption.com, where you can also find a tab for Angel of Fashion, or Angel for Fashion, excuse me, mm-hmm. and she truly is. Thank you, Jen. Shout out, Jen. Um, we do have a link to our Patreon, uh, and we would sure love anyone who would buy us a cup of coffee at this point in time. Um, cause this is not a cheap thing that we do. It is time consuming and we are using opportunity coins and it's also costing us money to host it, run it, produce it, laptops, all that good stuff. And we would like to invest in even better recording equipment. Um, so do think about becoming one of our Patreon members or just reach out to Megan through the website and she'll tell you how to send money. Absolutely. Um, finally, finally, I need you to be on the lookout for a new tab on our website advancedfashion.disruption.com and you're going to be looking for a tab that says Global Voices of Fashion which is the new uh, collaboration between Megan Somerville, shut up Megan Rachel Elspeth Groth, shut up Rachel and Benson A. Roberts III, shut up self Um, we're taking on global fashion issues and speaking to the world and we're going to work to make uh, fashion and apparel a better place to work, live and wear yeah that's all I've got. Anything to add? No, I'm looking forward to talking to you next week, though. 
I am too, and hopefully I won't be so weepy. The nice thing about this is I, I, when we're talking, I'm not weepy. Literally, I was crying at lunch. I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me today, but I am such a weepy, uh, a weepy willow that, um, and, and I'm, I, you know, we have to be allowing of those days. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just, I, I, I've had a lot of tension built up and I just need to release it. And crying seems to be the way. I also miss my mommy. I haven't seen my mommy or my dad in, in three years now. That's hard. And I miss them. And, and I know that they're having some struggles that I worry about. I miss seeing my sister's beautiful face. I am supposed to fly home at the end of the month for my nephew, Joshua. Shout out Joshua's wedding uh, to the beautiful Liliana. Shout out Liliana. And so I will get to see them if I'm able to make it. That's probably part of why I'm weepy because with the housing uncertainty, I don't know if I'll actually be able to make that trip. I may be here with a, a gallon of gas and a match to burn the whole thing down if they come for it before I can get it safe. Um, so, for dramatic no, effect them. only. But, well, no, no. Oh, child, no, no. I, if you put my shit in the street, I'm pouring gas on it and burning it. Trust me, no one's getting my no one. I have three leashes, three collars a box of matches and a gallon of gas ready to go. Oh my God. I can walk my dogs away from the bonfire that this whole uh, last year and a half is wanting to become. The patterns in the couture are safe. But it, it's been, I, it's been listen, a shit if this build, couple years, if, dude. No, if no. this building burns down, I really have to say, I am not going to burn my building down. If it burns down, it really was not me. That is just something I do say for dramatic effect, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Our, our liability yeah, no, insurance thing. <laughs> liability, sure. Uh, no, it's been a Liable. shit show of it. Uh, and it's not just the pandemic. It's not my own health issues with long COVID. It's not the, the, the war in Ukraine. It's not the Trump. It's not the erasure of, of human rights for women. It's the entire American global shit show. It's been a really bad two years of television, and we need we need to all maybe mourn it and move past it and deal with what we actually are living in and through mm-hmm. and start making better choices to change it, which is what Voices of Global Fashion will be about for our little corner of the world, yep. which is a really big corner, being that we're the number one employer on the planet. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do for the rest of your day? Uh, hubby is getting ready, speaking of California, getting ready to go to California, um, oh. and he's going to San Diego, and um, the last time I went with him, I got to listen to the founder of TED Talks speak, um, and he was actually, and this was uh, pre-COVID, and um, he was talking about how fashion um, affects the mapping community and i just found that that particular topic was very fascinating and we can visit that some other time too <laughs> oh i would love to I, is, is uh, ty flying solo or is he are you going with him i am not going with him this time um and so he is um meeting up um other cartographers um that he works okay. with there yeah so so make me a promise megan mm-hmm. i need you to promise that you're not going to redecorate your entire house again Oh no, but you know, I am no, going to clean. No, no big, <laughs> no big high pressure projects, please. Yeah. No was, bed I mean, building. Was, no, no, none of that. Ripping carpet out. No, no. <laughs> I, I need, I need you to not be a crazy obsessed bitch this time. 
I need you to be easy on my friend Megan and enjoy the time <laughs> and the solitude and your daughters and not put yourself under, uh, uh, under any undue pressure. No, no doubt. It's uh, sometimes when um, he goes out of town, it's it's hard not to be like, okay, I'm getting the bajillion things done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just let that go this time, please. Well, I don't the think I can right now. I got so with... many calluses um, digging rocks <laughs> out of the ground oh, and oh, looking right, at them right, this past right. weekend. That's good. That's good. Yeah, just... Just rest and, and you know what? You, on Monday, I need you to, to to pour your favorite salts and oils into the bath, um, and take a nice candlelight bath with some soothing music, and really just take a pamper self day—not just a self day, but a truly pamper self day because mm-hmm. you've definitely earned it with all the hard work that you've done in these last few months. Please do that for me. Well, and I want to hear on. Um next week on when we talk to each other about how you have self-cared through um, all that you're going through too, because I know it's not easy to find the time and space to do that. I, I am taking a night, what I call a hot, there's a shower Mm -hmm. that's to get my body clean. Then there's the hot and steamy where I listen to maybe 10 songs and stand under the shower till my muscles are limp and my lungs are clear. And it takes me 45 minutes. I've been taking one every day because I have no idea when they're coming to shut the gas off <laughs> and I'm going to be at cold showers. So I'm giving myself at least 45 minutes of self-care every single day right now. Love it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of my feet a little bit better. The air conditioning tends to dry them out and I had some cracked feet. So I'm taking better care of those. I'm taking care of my dogs, ears and little things that I'm noticing about them, which is a weird form of self-care because it's meditative for me to take care of my dogs. Um, I haven't masturbated in about two months. Maybe, maybe when we get off, I really do. As I said this morning, as we get off, I want you to know I'm going to go get off. Maybe I do need to have a hookup or take care of um, releasing myself. See, we'll talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely anything. Nothing is sacred. Well, and, you know, I mean, so, millennia, our bodies have been doing this thing. And yeah, yeah. to have it taboo right? is bizarre. Um, it's no, yeah. The whole thing is bizarre. Like, I, I think I sometimes shock people about how frankly I talk about sex. And I'm like, I don't think that sex is any more interesting than talking about what you made for dinner. Mm-hmm. It is just that big a part of life. And I don't know why it has to be a secret or private or taboo because that creates rape culture. So I like to talk about vaginas and penises. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're nice things. And we all have one or the other yep. or both. Or both. <laughs> Not not going to be called out for not calling, not, not shouting out to be multi-gendered. Yep, all of them's. Yeah, all of them's. <laughs> okay, I have a new challenge. What's that? Um, I, I still want to do our, the challenge that we set up for ourselves back when Advanced Fashion Disruption was Advanced Fashion Challenge, which is coming, by the way, people. Um, my new challenge, and you don't have to make it. I would like to challenge you and myself to do two illustrations of non-gendered looks. Okay, I'm writing it down. And each illustration needs to be shown on a male and a female body. Because I think that um, this is something you and I will both excel at. And it's definitely something that we need to prepare ourselves and our design minds for because I really think that we're almost at the end of gender and clothing. I think that we're gonna see a massive 
change here in the next decade. And we can't be left out here. Okay, so just as a heads up, I am not awesome at illustration yet. I want to put that in there and it is something that I'm working on, but it's definitely not something that has um, driven my creative hand. So I will do my best attempt and everybody will know that even um, really, really talented designers and stitchers have something that they're not super great at. Somerville, enough of the disclaimers. Your worst is better than many people's best. And you as a fucking croaky. I don't expect you to have to draw figures. Okay. Grab a croaky and just d design on the croaky. All right. I make my own croakies, so yeah. I'm, I'm not going to start over either. I'm going to grab one of my croakies and go. Yeah. Uh, so just grab a croaky and do it. I'm, I'm more interested in how you use the same garments on two different body styles. And and is it just as appropriate on each? I, I that's, that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. The challenge is not the illustration. The challenge is to conceive of garments that look just as good on a male body as a female body. Okay. Then we'll talk about yeah. it on Monday and maybe post it as yeah. our... Um, post them on our websites and Facebooks. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Fun. Well, I will talk to you next week then. Okay. I love you, B. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you too, man. All right, take care. Thank you for cheering me up. And hug those puppies for me. It's, it's always hard. It's always hard to cry mm -hmm. when I'm pissed off about Pimp planters. <laughs> what did you call them? Uh, back on this note. Oh, event pimps. Hashtag event pimps. Event pimps. pimps. And pimp planters are, are, are a whole other subgenre of that. Um, Project pimps. Yeah. Event pimps. Project pimps. Pimp planners. Event pimps. Um, <laughs> love you hard. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. Take care. Thanks again for listening to Advanced Fashion Disruption. You can listen to all of our episodes at advancedfashiondisruption.com. As always, if you can't go and pledge a cup of coffee a month to us on our Patreon site, we'd love for you to leave us a review. That means more than anything. <laughs>